Lord, we celebrate you this morning. Thank you for the joy of following you. Pray that you bless this church, the service today, and all that takes place. Lord, we just love you so much. We just want to remember that God so loved the one and only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, that we would know you, God, forever. Thank you that love sent Jesus for us. We celebrate the Father in you, Jesus. We all say amen. Good morning, guys. What's up, buddy? (laughs) Time to hang out.
a year ago that we were locked down and Easter did not take place in the classic form. Um, and a lot in our world has, has changed. Um, but Jesus hasn't. The cross hasn't. The resurrection hasn't changed. The word of God hasn't changed. So we could plant our feet firmly on that foundation who is Christ and Christ alone. It's interesting how the disciples were with Jesus for a few years and they're seeing all of these things that he's doing. And Jesus, throughout his ministry, he's alluring to that he is going to the cross. He's going to be crucified and he is going to be raised again. But put yourself in the disciples' shoes, the, the apostles. Really? Like you're gonna raise your you're gonna raise from the dead? And I think somehow they believed him when he was with them, but when it got to the cross day, I think their hopes went out the window. Now, I want to read to you um, from Luke chapter 24. This is Resurrection Day. So, but on the first day of the week, you can actually put that up there, Sue. I think it's there. Yep, there it is. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you he was still in, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all those things to the eleven and to all the rest. That was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Could you imagine they did not believe them? The, the, the angels tell the women, remember? Remember when he said he was going to do this and he was going to ride? And then, then and it clicked. Oh, yeah. And they rush and they tell his, his posse, the ones closest to him, he's risen. And they don't believe him. Now, in the story, Peter runs to the grave and he sees and he's uh, pondering what may have taken place. But they did not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Our faith is in what we celebrate this morning. Our eternal life is anchored in what we are celebrating this morning. The very thing that brings us life, the apostles didn't believe actually happened. This is, this is what Paul would say when he was writing to the Corinthian church. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. See, Paul was arguing with some people that said, there is no resurrection from the dead. And Paul's like, no, wait, wait, wait. See, because if we don't rise, that means Christ doesn't rise. That means all of this is just a waste of time. 
Christ rising from the dead, that thing they did not believe on that first Easter morning. The resurrection. Now, sometimes this, this resurrection of Jesus, it feels like it happened a long time ago, and that's probably because it did. And sometimes we can feel a little bit disconnected from Jesus rising from the dead. Sometimes we just kind of fall into the same old, same old, it's Easter, the story doesn't change. He's risen, he is risen indeed. But what we fail to sometimes recognize is that that resurrection story that took place on that first morning plays itself out every day in the lives of the believers. Resurrection life is portrayed, is lived out by those who follow Jesus. And so, so uh, death to life, darkness to light, slavery to freedom, it all plays itself out each and every day that people are giving their lives to Christ, people who are following Jesus, people who are embracing this new life. Every day this resurrection takes place. In fact, in Romans, Paul would write this, that we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. Oh, look it, we have a pool set up. We might be doing some baptisms today. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What you're going to hear this morning are stories of newness of life. You're going to hear stories of the resurrection. You're going to hear people's lives go from darkness to light, death to life, slavery to freedom. We have from young... How old are you now, Grace? 11. We have from 11 to older. I have no idea how old. <laughs> He's got to be the oldest one, though. But you're going to hear stories of the resurrection. And this is, we celebrate, yes, Christ died was buried and he rose from the dead conquering death once and for all and we're going to hear that story who have embraced following Christ and who are going to live out the resurrection story with their own story so without further ado great would you like to join us because I have to get ready. Yes. But it's taking me years just to get the clues to come up with a value into my testimony. But I finally decided to do it. When I old, I accepted grace into my heart. And as I got older, my mom always tried to explain to me that I should get baptized. But I just told her that I was too shy to come up in front of everyone and share my story. And as I prayed, I always second-guessed myself and thinking me making a mistake and getting embarrassed. So time passed, and I got this feeling this year that I shouldn't let my shyness weigh me sharing my story of Jesus changing my life. If I didn't have Jesus, I don't know who I would turn to for all my problems telling your parents or friends about something versus Jesus. 
when I have a problem going on, I can tell Jesus, and I know he will listen and cares about it. And my favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now, by this faith, hope, charity, these three. The grace of these is charity. And I just love this verse because I know that Jesus' love is the greatest, and I know who always loves me. Grace, this is the big day. I'm so proud of you. So let me pray for you first. You can put your arms. Relax. Father, I, uh, this young woman, as she grows uh, and she matures both in uh, spirit and mind, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit would be always, always upon her. Raise her voice for the gospel, that she would proclaim with her life the gospel. Lord, you've given this a soft, soft heart. I pray that that heart in its softness would rear up like a lion back the darkness, that she would um, speak your truth as she lives it out. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> yeah. So, I was raised Catholic. <laughs> My praise the Lord. They did that all the way up till I was about 18 years old. And then they're like, it's your choice now. And I remember it being exercise, sitting up and standing down. I remember going to classes, but I don't remember anything. They I remember a priest saying things that I couldn't hear or understand. And I remember songs that meant nothing to me. As I moved on, I developed a love and a relationship, an estranged one, with, with God. I went when there was something wrong. When I 
I was angry. Um, I did pray, mostly because I needed something. And then I kind of just stopped. But I went on holidays because that was the most important. Then I kind of just stopped altogether. And my boyfriend at the time, now to be my husband, um, he and I were in a long distance about six months. So we were on the phone. He's like, when I come back, I want to start going to church. I said, okay. He's like, really? I said, I, I go to church. Not for a while, but I go. And he came in, and it was 4th of July weekend. And he's like, I want to go to Oasis. I said, that's a 45-minute drive in Meriden, <laughs> Cheshire area. He's like, I know. I said, well, how long is the, you know, how long are we going to be there? He's like, well, so we'll probably leave around 12. We'll be home around 1. <laughs> Wait a minute. We're going to be there that long? <laughs> Stand up that often. Um, and then I came here, and I was blown away and couldn't understand anything that happened. The pastor spoke, and I understand every word he said. There were words up so I could actually follow the songs, and everybody was welcoming. And so I started coming, and then when I got my first Bible ever um, from my grandma, even though Dennis doesn't like the Bible I have, whatever, it's better than his. Bro, <laughs> um, like I, I had a great childhood. I had wonderful family and friends, but at the age of 13, I, for some reason, wanted don't know why, couldn't tell you. Don't know if it's blocked out or if there was a reason. To this day, I still don't know. Bad relationships, and I realized, well, the God gave them to me so that I can become a counselor and an educator. And it helped me help the rape victims, assaulted women that I dealt with. It helped me through people who were depressed, um, and that's how I kind of chose my career. Um, but didn't really think much of it. Um, I was still angry with him for other things. I realized I wasn't angry with him. It was the first time I didn't get mad at him for something. Because the priest didn't say things the way I thought they should be said now. He spoke like he was supposed to because he was just the chaplain. And I'm used to Mr. Man over here. And how you guys pray when they pray over everybody. And it was nothing like that. And I felt my mom deserved better. But it was so... And I grabbed the first person I could because I wanted her to be able to go to heaven that way. Um, but I was okay, as okay as a daughter can be with it. Um, and I realized something else a couple weeks ago that this is a stereotypical probably, but not in my brain. I became pregnant with my son. You know him. Um, not the really tall one because that's not mine. I got the little short one who's loud and obnoxious. And um, I wasn't married at the time. And a lot of my friends are Catholic. And some of them didn't talk to me for several months. And I didn't think much of it until later. But when I came and people found out I was pregnant, everybody was happy. They blessed me. They blessed my child. Um, the fear I had was telling my grandparent-in-laws, Kurt and Peggy Fountain. I'm sure some of you know their names. And we met in a parking lot in West Haven, and I cried hysterically because I didn't want to tell them. They didn't want to tell them because I felt they were, and they were so opening and loving and supportive. And I'm like, maybe this is the difference. This is the 
because when I went to a Catholic church, I didn't know a single person. I was there for 45 minutes. I knew when the priest said, say, you know, peace to your neighbor, you have like 15 minutes left. And I don't do that here. Um, so I started to have, there was one day I had thought about baptisms and we were here and worship is really my best time that I kind of connect. Uh, a lot of times that's when I get feelings. Um, either I'm really weighed down and then I start to feel light. Um, but sing a song and it was one of the songs I love and I just noticed all of a sudden I stopped. And I just started praying to the Lord, let me know what to do about that baptism, next step. And um, my biggest feeling is I'm inept. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know enough. To, um, I don't, I'm not worthy of it. And then Happy Day came on. Chorus, like that, the first time I heard it, I'm like, yep, this is him telling me I need to do this now. So this during our five-minute break, and I said, I'm going to do it. And that's kind of how I, in the long short of it, I'm scared out of my mind, and I'm afraid Dennis is going to drown me or do the water torture, because if I had to wear a mask. But I know what I need to be, and that is with Jesus, and that's kind of it. Do we know anybody that has that knows CPR? pray. Father, um, thank you for this woman's story and her journey. Kim, you're an overcomer. You have um, fought the good fight and you continue to do so. You're a good mom. No matter what those things in your head tell you. And you're a good wife. And so, Father, we pray uh, the blessing of um, of allowing Kim to know who he is in your sight. I pray that you would reveal to her how beloved she is, how strong that she is. Father, no more will the enemy knock her down in her brain, in her mind, in her heart, because now it will be filled with the Holy Spirit, not be any room for any more lies. And so we claim the truth over this woman. We claim the truth in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Testing. Hello, everyone. I'm the quiet one who sits up front pretending there aren't a bunch of people behind me. But now, you all are in front of me, so here it goes. I've been coming to this church towards the end of high school. As lifeguard me to Oasis. I laughed in the space since I couldn't remember the last time I've been to church. After we I've been coming here by myself. I thought there was a slight chance he would come back and I would see my friend again. Time really flies by. I'm 30. I just bought a house in Wallingford. I'm working at the hospital as a tech in the surgical ICU. We get a lot of trauma. It's been busy with the pandemic, frustrating to say the least. The pandemic made me angry. When my nanny passed away, I was pretty angry. That was nothing new. I've been angry for the for most of my life. If something happened, I would bury it, pretend to move on with it. But each time I would hide my anger, my heart would ache a little more. I would boiled over. Some things you can't forget. I turned to alcohol and it just made things worse. Alcohol and can bring an awful lot of people down with you. Alcohol gave me an alias when I was younger. Her name was Sandra. Old, sexy, fun, and spontaneous. She was also careless with her life. She would get drunk with strangers at the bar. And talking with strangers was the closest relationship I've had. Sandra also had her deep, dark, and twisty thoughts. I figured problems was better than telling someone who actually cares. This past year, when I went to Vegas over the grand, things were so good until they went very bad. I was stoned out of my mind and drinking the whole entire trip. My best friend who was with us up there, and we all stayed at his friend's house. It wasn't until my bestie and I were on those red rocks, and she gave we went hiking in the mountains, and we saw It was a beautiful sight, all while in the early morning sun, she told me out break up with him. She told me he wasn't very nice to me and that he was hitting on his friend when I was sleeping. I didn't notice how he treated me because he was a doctor. He is smart and successful, focused in his career. He understood life and death like me, numb to it. We've seen it all and that he was an excellent cook and played the guitar. I was going to change my whole life, my whole plan for him. But he was mean. He was mean in a different way where other people wouldn't notice it. He was so charming. To be honest, he was my first boyfriend and that I think that's why it stung a little bit when it ended. He was the first guy that I actually got a boyfriend instead of the lingering friends with benefits that I was too familiar with. My anger was silent and toxic before we left for a trip. And after hours of silence on two connecting flights back, I went home and avoided church altogether. It was a blur and I was used to it. It was no different with family. Growing up, I lived in an abusive household, death threats, holes in the wall. I packed up my stuff and slept in my car. It was actually that bad. I thought about how angry I was that I, that if I were a guy, I would put him in his place. I wanted to be strong and in control and save my parents. I was also angry at my doing anything about it. Talk about walking on eggshells. 
I was done with school and kept working. I eventually moved into an apartment the first time I felt at peace. I wasn't told to go after myself. There wasn't any screaming or crying, but I missed the dogs so much. Living at home, my dogs would sense fear and sadness. He would actually climb into my lap and lick me a few times and lay his head on my shoulder while the tornado was in the house. It wasn't until recently, I was in a car accident. I went out with my drinking buddies and sleep at the wheel. I worked a 12 to 13 hour shift and instead of going home, I went out. My body gave in and I, I, hit, I hit a wall and the car rolled up on it. Somehow I was able to get off the highway and park in a lot. The next day I had a patient who was a drunk driver. It was God showing me the full extent of what could have happened. I phone with her mother saying that she was sorry while tears were rolling down her face. My other patient on the other side of the unit is dead. He was a driver. He was left with a wife and kids. He was a vet who served her country. I was so mad at myself about the other night. Done. I wanted to dig myself out of this hole I've been digging for myself. God showed me and gave me another chance. All the anger towards my family and friends, my relationships, it was exhausting. It was time to forgive them and forgive myself. It was time for me to forget the meaningless relationships that I have made with strangers and to focus on my relationship with God. Going out to bars and drinking away the time in the past. Peter said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 12, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame by the word of their testimony. In a sense, we get triumph over our accuser who's like, you don't really know God, you're not really Christian, these different things. We could have that triumph by the word of our testimony too. Our testimony can be a reminder to us that God is our God and makes do not define us and that he has rescued us and that we really are his no matter what we've been through. As I go through my life, it will change. As God continues working in my life and as I continue going through stuff, my testimony will continue to change loves me. Knowing that I could live in his love took a lot of pressure off of me to no longer be fighting change and resisting pain. To trust that gut work in my heart, it's under the grace of God, for his plan for me today is to be immersed in water. Thank you. pray for you. Gabby, I want to pray a blessing over you of healing that God knit you together in your mother's womb and he has known you from before and he has walked with you through these, these difficult times that you've been through, these hardships. He, he has never left you nor has he forsaken you. And so, Father, I pray healing over this young woman, that you would heal her heart, 
from the the attacks of the enemy. I pray that change her her thought process, that she would receive how you see her, that she would receive receive your grace and your mercy. And now may today be a day of new beginnings. They be uh, truly a rebirth uh, into your love and for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, so my name is Jill, that most of you probably know that. <laughs> Four years ago, I got baptized in this church, as some of you may remember. Um, I was a freshman in high school at the time, and I had no knowledge of what it truly meant to be a Christian and to walk with the Lord. I got baptized at the time because I thought it looked cool and knew who Jesus was, but turns out I was very wrong. <laughs> I didn't come to know the Lord until the end of my junior year of high school, where I would die and where I started growing in the Lord. Looking back to freshman year, I had no idea what baptism meant. I thought I was going to get dunked in the room. I was going to be completely changed without confessing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I thought I was going to change without me changing anything about me, right? Freshman year, I used to let anxiety define me and who I was, and my so-called friends at the time saw me as Jill who's always annoying and who overthinks everything. I used to let people define who I was and just tell me who I was. I was miserable at the time, and I didn't know I was until years later. There was always a piece of me trying to break out of my... Um, I didn't know how to change at the time, though. As sophomore year rolled around, my first boyfriend at the time had broken up with me. It was a very unhealthy relationship for me to be in spiritually. The reason he ended things with me was because I believe very strongly about marriage, and he thought it was stupid, so he broke up with me. Looking back, I was very thankful it ended, but at the time, I let that break me. It was so small, and that didn't matter at all, looking back. I was miserable, I felt empty inside, and although I had my amazing every step of the way in my brother, I was lost. I knew I was being called to something, but I didn't know what or even where to start. A couple other and I went to church by ourselves one morning. There was a lot of people in church that, or there wasn't a lot of people in church that day, and Dennis asked us to sit together as a new family. Um, my brother and I sat next to this very nice woman and her husband, and after service ended, we introduced our, and these random people started introducing themselves to us. Turns out, those random ten people were all of their kids. Um, I remember meeting them so nice, and I thought to myself, who on earth are they? these people. I went to their Bible study for the first time with my friend Chloe, and man, you love the Lord. 
but seeing someone love the Lord so much was so foreign in my mind, and I thought they were a bunch of weirdos. Turns out, people I've met in my life and my best friends to this day. Week after week, I went to Bible study where I learned more about who Jesus was in him each day. They never knew this, but God put them in my life where I was at my lowest point. I learned through them what the true meaning of it means to love someone through Jesus. Friendship means building someone up and not breaking them down by words. I will forever be thankful for them. I will ever I will forever be thankful for them and for their family, and I'm so thankful I'm able to call them my second family to this day. During this service, if I could join the worship team. He told me I had to audition first, and it ended up lasting about two months. <laughs> um, these two months time and I had to wait until God knew I was ready. As I started playing on the worship team every week, going to Bible studies, reading my Bible, and truly was able to see that he really loved me. I was being called into him more and more every day, and as I started growing in the Lord, I was able to see every day. I saw how much my parents loved me, and I saw them growing in the Lord more and more as I started to grow in him, which was one of the greatest things I've seen. My mom and dad loved me and wanted me to succeed, and they're my best friends to this day. I grew in the Lord with my brother as well, or with each other, but once we were saved, we were able to teach each other every day what it means to walk in Christ, to call each other out when we do something, and we're able to speak truth into each other's life every day through Jesus, and I'm very thankful for that. Dennis was able to speak truth into my life through Bible studies, church sermons, and more. I became aware of what it meant to lay my down life before the Lord. In school, I confess Jesus as my Lord, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. All things outside of him have no meaning. I still am many things that Jesus would be different to me, but I know I am made perfect in him. I'm able to share the gospel to others in college today, um, build friendships with people with as Jesus is the center. I never knew that any of this was possible, but terms of baptism mean to me. It's really simple. Um, I used to see myself based on past experiences, and I used to find me. I didn't know Jesus, and I was a sinner, and I acknowledge that. I now know He loves what He looks like, and He's in you, and when God loves you, because you know that Jesus died on a cross when I was a sinner. Jesus is the truth, and He knows the truth about you. I knew so much more when I started to follow Him. Once I did that, Jesus came alive in me and gave me a new lens to see out of my life. Alone, and I died to live. Baptism to me today means that I'm done looking back, and my past experiences don't define me. I'm forgiven to look back to the old Joe who used to be anxious, who used to let things, who used to let things people say define. The new Joe is, and will keep walking with Jesus every day and try to act just as he does. I can't change my old storybook that no one ever saw coming. Um, I used to look at the mirror, and I used to look at myself in the mirror at no meaning. He didn't know what it meant to be a Christian. Um, I used to look at myself in the mirror with a cloud of darkness weighing over my head. I looked at myself, I now look at myself in the mirror as a new creation who is completely changed, and he has a meaning, and that meaning is Jesus Christ. Thank you.
Father, forgive Jill for leaving her socks on. Now there's lint in the pool. Father, I pray uh, you have given her the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and you have shown yourself mighty and strong, healed her. And now she moves forward in grace, and she moves forward with an anointing, uh, anointing of Vedic upon her. And Father, I pray that uh, this morning would be even a, a, uh, a more powerful gift that you've given her, that she will use it to speak truth, love, and to build up those around her, those who haven't even, she hasn't even met yet. Lord, you have those appointments ready for her. Um, give her the strength and the courage to you put into her heart. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, I really hate public speaking, so I'm sorry if this goes terribly. But so in being a part of such a special day for me and my family, uh, today I take a big step in my walk with God, and I wouldn't want it to be happening anywhere. Uh, before coming to Oasis, I'm not even sure that I believed in God. But once my wife finally convinced me to come, I knew immediately that I was in the right place. Uh, coming to Oasis for worship has opened my eyes and heart to accepting Jesus as my, which I could not be happier to say to all of you today. I'm so thankful that God compelled my wife to bring me to Oasis where I have felt at home. I know that I have a long way to go to truly understand what it means to be a man of God. But like it said in Proverbs 20 scene, iron sharpens iron. So I know I'm in the right place to help me figure out the rest of the way. I'd like to end by saying thank you to my daughters, my mother-in-law, Pastor Dennis, and the rest of the Oasis family for accepting us immediately and us. Father, um, we bless BJ this morning as a, a child of God, bless him as husband, we bless him as a father. Father, I pray that you would continue to reveal your truth to him as he loves his family and leads his family. I pray that you would give him 
in those situations where they're just not sure. I pray that you would give him word encouragement and words to build up uh, the three special ladies that are in his life. I pray continue to love them with the, the ferocity that he does. And I pray that you would face in those moments when he um, he misses it. I pray that he would no longer be hard on himself, but he would walk in the anointing and the grace that has been born every day. So in the name of Jesus, I claim those lies of the enemy to be silenced forward. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, you're probably all wondering why I'm up here. Um, we've been, me and my family have been coming here for, for nine or ten years now almost. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of story to it and a, a big kind of history. Uh, but I, uh, I began my walk, uh, with Christ, um, and um, if I had had to tell you my uh, testimony five or six years ago, it would have started um, with telling you um, that I began with a, a wonderful Bible-believing church, um, a church that toughed it out with me when I began a Christian and my my mother uh, fell into a year-long house um, that miraculously ended uh, with her giving her life to Christ and uh, uh, and it happened while I was halfway around the world on a mission trip in China um, I met my wife a few years later we had our two beautiful boys um, <laughs> and we uh, we started coming here uh, at Oasis. Uh, just you know, I got a new job, and you know, we had to be closer. Uh, but a much darker and painful past uh, that I kept between myself and God, and. Only a very few people did I allow to even know a few small slivers of that path. Um, until very recently. 
<laughs> um, when I was little, I was sexually abused. And from that abuse, proceeded a lot of uh, dark spiritual um, experiences. Those experiences caused me to be uh, very superstitious, very uh, entrapped to fear um, throughout my young life. Um, and so let's say that they were demonic. Um, and I won't go any more gory. But the people who need to know, know, know. They know everything. While I had uh, professed faith in Christ, uh, that faith was really grounded in uh, fear. Fear of hell, fear of a lot of things. And hadn't yet blossomed faith in God's faithfulness and love. Uh, and it took me a long time to get there. Uh, I was um, knew enough about God to, knew that, to, to teach me that I could call in the name of Jesus when I was scared. A real, true gospel experience, like I said, didn't come until many years later. Um, experiences and those things, and the guilt and the shame that I live with were like a heavy weight on my back. And they would come up over and over again. Every time I tried to succeed, they would come up and cause me depression and anxiety and fear. And I could never seem to get past it. I remember when I first professed faith in Christ, wanting so about all the things that I experienced. Um, but the idea of risking the love of these newfound friends and the fear that they would reject me uh, kept me silent. Not to mention how hard it is to talk about it. Uh, and I decided, like I said, to keep it silent. Um, thankfully, uh, marriage and children will force your past to the surface, whether you like it or not. Uh, and God gave me a wonderful wife and a family that stood by me no matter what. But that that cycle takes a toll and uh, eventually even while I basically gave up trying. And I allowed that fear uh, to control me. I basically made an unconscious 
phone. Truce with the devil, that if he left me alone, I'd leave him alone. And uh, I became lukewarm in my faith. I cared enough still that I wanted to see my kids know Christ. And I was even up here and I baptized uh, Stephen. Look at that. And then I had a dream. And uh, I was in a dark room with a flimsy door. And something was trying to knock its way through. And I cried out in my dream, in the name of Jesus, you show your ugly face. But when I looked in the glass of the it was my face. It was monstrous. I woke up realizing that I couldn't live the way I was living. And I had to deal with what was inside or it would turn me into that monster. I didn't think I was gonna cry this much. I was so thoroughly disturbed. Uh, I began to pray and repent there. Repented to my wife for allowing myself to come lukewarm in my faith. She knew some of the things I dealt with, all of it. I began to seek counseling and help me find a, a counselor to help me talk through some of my issues. Uh, um, Pastor Dennis uh, then took me through uh, a book uh, called Freedom Steps to in Christ and uh, and Neil Anderson and uh, in this book it leads you to confront uh, spiritual counterfeits that have come against you um, and to forgive past hurt and bitterness for those who've hurt you and to confront all the other ways that you've allowed yourself to be deceived Finally, put the test the God's promise of what the body of Christ was meant to do for each other. And finally, one morning, I asked God to help me understand how much uh, He loved me, and He immediately floods that. This is why he made me go last, so it's not a fool for everybody else. <laughs> um, God asked me if he was ready to let me be his dad, ready for him to be my daddy. And I said, yes. And I truly recommitted my life to him in full faith. Soon after, I felt I needed to be obedient 
to be baptized again. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, but I think its completion is faith. My faith is now based on God's faithfulness. I am here to identify with the loving God who is faithful to his promise to save me. Who took me? <laughs> who took my shame and rebellion to the cross and buried it in the tomb? And when the Israelites were cut off from their oppressors when they went through the Red Sea of abuse from the occult, from everything that I dealt with as a child. Everyone here today, that if you are living with this kind of shame, I have never shared it with anyone, please do so. Or the devil will keep trying to use it to keep you down. You have a loving and a heavenly father who has given that is ready to listen. And if you've not yet received Christ as your savior, please don't leave here today without talking to someone about him. God wants you to know that there's literally no sin that you've committed that can keep you from this forgiveness. Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, it says every way. And when it says every way, it really means every way. Uh, and he did not sin. And because he didn't sin, you can know that all the things that you failed to do or that hurt you or caused you shame was taken care of on the cross. If you need an example to point out that he really did forgive every sin, Jesus was literally tempted to reject God himself even though he was God. Figure that one out. And, and worship the devil. So I don't care if even you did that. It can be forgiving. So I'm now ready. Bryce, I was, I was just listening to your story, and um, I think the only thing that God put on my was when you go under and you come back up, it's finished. And you have been separated officially 
systematic oppression is gone. It's gone because of faith in Christ. Now my prayer for all of you is that you will see the resurrection each and every day, that you will see darkness turn to light, that you will see death turn to life, that you will see slavery turn to freedom, and that you would be the catalyst for that all. Be Easter. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.